let us just start with 30 seconds of just arriving into this space. So if possible, you can close your eyes and take a few deeper breaths. Just let your gaze turn inward, sinking heavier into your seat and into your body. The breath connects down into the chest area, meeting the heart space. The shoulders soften and your belly softens. Maybe it's a familiar feeling of just arriving into the present moment. And actually, This topic today is very much a meditative topic. So I know a lot of you are listening, you know, on the couch, in the sun, or in the rain today if you're in Perth. <clears throat> so feel free to close your eyes as much as you like. Um, as a lot of the, um, the topic today will be really pointing to an inner experience. So for sure, come back out and take notes or, or write down anything that feels significant for you. But at the same time, um, this it's a meditation topic and, and a lot of it is really, really subtle. So the topic today is about a certain attitude of meditation or, or really the main or overarching attitude of meditation. And it's really, really important. It's, um, uh, a refinement of the topic of day one, um, which explained that for concentration practices, we can speak about a technique. So a certain measurable way of focusing our attention. Are we focusing on the breath or not? Um, are we focusing on a certain energy or an idea or a thought or not? Are we focusing on um, an image or a sensation or not? It's really clear about, it's really clear for concentration. Um, we can measure ourselves if we're doing the technique or not. In meditation, remember it's an opposite function. There's not actually a technique in true meditation. True meditation starts with concentration. We bring our focus back into the moment and we bring our focus here on maybe an object, maybe on the heart space, maybe on the breath. So in meditation, we start with concentration, but we can't really speak about techniques, really. What we would rather, what we should rather speak about in meditation is attitudes. So what is an attitude? An attitude is a state of being in, in your whole body. 
It's the overall sense of your feelings, your energy, your emotions. An attitude lingers a little bit more in your body where rather a thought or a concentration or a focus is a small bit of information that changes rapidly. An attitude is this uh, full body experience and really the state of your experience in any moment. And your attitude is this kind of overall feeling in response to life. So in response to an experience in your life or in response to an experience inside your body. So let me know if that's not clear, the difference between um, an attitude versus a um, concentration technique. Because it really is very nuanced. Um, it's not measurable. And it is something that we do have control over. Um, but really, if there's anything that I could really emphasize is that cultivating an attitude to life is one of the most important things that we could ever do for our happiness and our efficiency and our fulfillment is cultivating an attitude for life. Um, but also know that it's a long game. It's a long-term training of consciously taking back your power for how you approach your life, you know? And the main um, concern that I hear from, from people that we work with is that they want to change the way they react to life. They want to be in control and have some power. They feel helpless that they can't respond to life the way they want to. Um, and the way they want to is really determined by their conscious mind. Our conscious mind makes up such a small percentage of our experience, but that's the part of the mind that we're aware of. It's really our adult mind. It has a certain will, but the subconscious mind has the power. The subconscious mind is, you know, over 95% of the processing power in our experience. The subconscious mind is all the conditioning and the tendencies and the operations of your body. It's all subconscious. You don't choose how your fingernails grow and how your heart beats and how your food is digested, how you repair and how you grow, how your eyes dilate and so on. The whole body is really a representation of your subconscious mind. And it's all happening automatically and unconsciously. It's involuntary. You don't have a choice about that. But the conscious mind is where is the one that you can actually direct. It has its own will. And somehow we want to really connect our will to the power. Then you can really start to um, connect to your potential in how you and how you want to relate to and how you want to experience your life. And, and that's that's really ultimately what this is about. You know, meditation is, according to me and my experience, really a complete and one of the most profound tools for training um, ourselves to live live the most happiest, embodied, and, and fulfilled life. And meditation is and brings a training 
for how to respond to our lives. So according to me, there's no better training. There's a lot of other training that goes alongside the meditation, but a really good meditation practice, a daily five minute, 10 minute or 15 minute, if you're really ballsy, 15 minute daily meditation practice every morning, you set the alarm five minutes earlier, whatever time, that much earlier before you hop out of bed and you do a meditation practice. Um, it is an incredible training for how we approach life and, and the attitudes that we can bring to life. Um, because really we want, what we ultimately want is an, a different attitude to life and to control that. So the attitude is this sensation that lingers in your body. That's what you want to have control over, how you really feel in each moment. You want to be able to manipulate that. Um, if we're honest, we want, we want to be able to control that and to direct our attitude and our experience in our lives. So in the, on the podcast as well, um, there is an episode called the three attitudes of meditation, which is, um, an uh, adapted from a talk by Tara Brock, who also has an amazing podcast that we highly recommend Tara Brock. So homework today will definitely be to listen to that pod podcast, the three attitudes of meditation. And then definitely, if you haven't already, I would definitely recommend at least for the next seven days to commit to a daily meditation practice. I don't recommend to commit to that for one month or longer, um, unless you're working with someone who can hold you accountable to that, but you can hold yourself accountable for the next seven days only, complete it and offer yourself five minutes of meditation. Definitely use a recording from the podcast um, and just use five minutes of it or 10 minutes if you, if you wanted to do it a little bit longer, but just that minimum commitment, five minutes each morning, starting to really experience what it's like to cultivate the attitude. What is the attitude? We need to cultivate an attitude. What is that attitude? The attitude is called naturalness. And naturalness is just a word that I'm using because of its potency and because of how it has been used in wisdom traditions for millennia. This idea of being in our natural state. Um, so it's just a word that I'm using to describe um, a profound spiritual attitude that we can cultivate towards our lives. We want to be Buddhas, you know, in the end, that's what we want. We want to have a sense of, of a naturally embodied spiritual approach to our lives. And naturalness is the cultivation of that attitude. So what is naturalness? And this is where you're more than welcome to close the eyes if if you like at any point just to have the words um, resonate inside. Naturalness is a state of being relaxed without any resistance to this moment right now. And when we are relaxed in no resistance to the moment, we connect to our natural state, which is the present moment. 
There's this beautiful quote by Eckhart Tolle. He says, essentially, you and what we call the present moment are actually one. Ultimately, beyond all of the separation and the perceived separation between the bodies and, and these ideas that we have about who we are and what life is, beyond those ideas, we are presence. We are naturalness. We are an effortlessness. That is our essential nature. That is what we discover um, in our spiritual practice and that is what we enjoy and embody in our spiritual practice. So the way to reveal this deep naturalness inside of ourselves, infinite presence and peace that is inside of ourselves, the way to access it is by practicing or cultivating an attitude of naturalness. And I'll be clear about what it is and what it isn't. So naturalness is not a passivity. It doesn't mean that when something triggers you in life, you become passive about it, or you avoid it, or you deny it, or you neglect it. Actually, naturalness when practiced slowly and consistently, it actually expands our container and our capacity to really meet all of life, the challenges of life. And when something arises that triggers you or not, it doesn't even need to be something that's triggering, but when an experience arises, before we meet the experience, we meet ourselves. We take some breaths into the heart space. One, we relax the body a little bit. Two, we deepen the breath and become aware of the energy. You can become aware of your body, the sensations, the breath in your body. You can relax your face. Or you can even say to yourself, you can use a mantra or or a little saying, a reminder, so helpful to have little reminders. And the reminder, I know for some of you, you've listened to the podcast about the presencing tool. So you use your presencing tool, whatever reminder that is, super valuable. Um, or it might just be your presencing tool or your naturalist mantra might just be relaxed about it. And it doesn't mean that the situation is relaxing, but a part of yourself is at ease with the situation. So a part of yourself is trusting the situation and trusting what is in and is at ease with what is. When what is, is the experience. The experience is. Can't deny that. So before we try to fix or deny that situation, we first find ease inside of ourselves. This is probably one of the most difficult and misunderstood um, topics that we have in the silent retreat. And there's a lot of questions that come up about this. You know, the, the common um, issue that people take with is like, how can I just allow everything to be as it is? How can I be at ease when... I'm actually being triggered by something. How do I find ease in um, an uncomfortable situation? 
And it's not, you can't force that ease. And rather, you need to connect to the part of yourself that is at ease. There is a part of yourself that is at ease in any moment. Is that true? What part of yourself is at ease in any moment? No matter what is happening, if you're being, someone is driving a nail through your finger, is there a part of yourself that's at ease in that instant? Is it possible to be at ease in a painful situation? And this is really a really important question, you know, for you to ask yourself. In spirituality, the answer is that there's a part of yourself that is beyond preferences. First of all, it's beyond the body. So whether a, a nail is driving through your finger or not, it's beyond that. Um, there's a part of yourself that's beyond the body and there's a part of yourself that's beyond the mind. It's beyond preferences. What is that part of yourself? That's really what this work is about. It's about finding the stability in the part of yourself that doesn't change. And the truth is, is that there is a part of yourself that doesn't change. In this context, it's called your naturalness. We can also, to, to be honest, there are so many ways to access this deep peace that's inside. Um, and your spiritual practice from now on is about accessing that deep peace that's inside continuously. This is your practice. It's so important. It's the most important thing that you can do is cultivate a relationship and to get really clear if or if not, there is a deep peace that doesn't change that is inside you. There couldn't be anything more important than establishing a stability inside of your being that doesn't change and that is your, your stability. When your emotions are, are continuously changing, your thoughts are not only changing but really hard to control, the experience of your body is unconscious, involuntary, and very susceptible to threat from the outside. Your personality is completely unstable and, and um, a, a circular pattern of thinking. So your body says, well, I am my personality. And your personality says, well, I'm related to this body. So it's just circular. What is it grounded in? What really exists here? What is the essential part of your being? And what is the depth of your being? Because, you know, like, why is this even important? Because when we only live from the surface of our being, right? The surface of your being is your skin, your muscles, your thoughts. All of this is just on the surface, your senses. Human beings, we live on the surface of our being. So life and the circumstances meet us, right? Life meets you, you meet life only from the surface and it kind of bounces off. There's a, a tension, a, 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 not a tension, but a type of tension that is produced 
when we don't let life meet us and our depth. And the only way life can meet us and our depth is if we are meeting life from that depth. If we are only existing on the surface of our being in the senses, then we meet life from the surface. And the surface cannot hold the tremendous information and tremendous input of your experience on a moment to moment basis. The surface of your being can't hold that information. It can't process it. It doesn't have the capacity. But the deeper part of yourself, life itself, your heart, your being, your presence, your existence, you know, your true self is the only part that can really hold all of life. And you need to know that part of yourself. You need to sit in that part of yourself. You need to connect there. You need to know if it's true or not. If it's not, we're really damned. You know, we're really damned to an uh, experience of life um, that there's no escape from the tension and the, and the discomfort of meeting the ever-changing life because change is uncomfortable and there's no refuge. So you better confirm for yourself and then develop an intimate relationship to the part of yourself that is um, unchanging. If you want to heal yourself and if you want to live life um, with a life raft, you know, with a deep refuge. And at the beginning, it becomes a refuge that we glimpse at and we connect to um, for a break from the changing and um, stimulating and changing and, and um, anxiety-inducing, ever-changing experience of life. We get refuge in the heart space and in our naturalness. But eventually there's a, there's a deep intimacy and we start to develop a wisdom and, and really embody that deep peace. And it effortlessly starts to translate out in how we respond to the world and, and how we show up. How do we connect to this? I'm saying it's your absolute responsibility to yourself and to the planet and to anyone that you come into contact with. It's your responsibility to connect to the deep peace and your true nature inside. How do we do this? What is our tool for connecting to this deep peace that's inside? So important, how are you gonna do it? Naturalness, cultivating an attitude of naturalness and relaxation, an attitude of how you respond to life. So when something comes up, the opposite of naturalness would be to clench your fist and say, no, life is not allowed to show up in that way. So a resistance to life, a fighting with life, a tension to life, um, or a stress in response to life before you even see what's happening, before you inquire, before you become interested, before you become committed to a solution if you're stressed. That is not naturalness. Naturalness is being relaxed and at ease inside your body. Everything I just said, I, I mentioned those tools for being at ease and present inside of your body. Um, you know, 
Sometimes it's something you need to do in the moment. And sometimes it's something that you do most of the time. It's something that you do retrospectively. So after you have approached life with stress, then, you know, you recognize, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I'm, I'm totally resisting life. Then you cultivate naturalness. You relax. You do a guided meditation. You cultivate the inner smile. You take some breaths into the heart space or you use your presencing tool. So whether you do it before you get stressed or after you get stressed, they are equally valid, actually. So most of us are so concerned that we are relaxed um, before we act. And that's the, you know, the only way. You will start to, it'll be a... Um, evidence that the practice is going well. You need evidence. You need evidence that you're progressing. Otherwise, this is completely pointless. All of this work and all of your spiritual practice and the time and energy and the money that you put into developing yourself is pointless if there's no evidence of your progress. And the evidence is, is that spontaneously you start to relax and become aware before you respond. But a lot of the time that doesn't happen. So after you've responded, then cultivate naturalness and have a disciplined and systematic practice of cultivating naturalness in your life through a meditation practice or yin yoga or through anything that is a winding down of your nervous system. A systematic practice of that is important. Whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. Um, it's an accumulative effect. So every little effort, listening to this right now, all of you, because you're listening to this right now, you've put in a little effort, you will reap the benefits out of it. You put in a systematic effort daily or, you know, prioritizing and scheduling and structuring in a winding down and a relaxation process. Practice in your life will reap amazing results. This is the foundation for a spiritual practice is the capacity and the discipline and the systematic coherent approach to relaxing and connecting to the part of yourself that is already at ease. Okay, maybe effortless might sound too grand for some of you who are listening that, you know, a part of myself that's effortless in meditation, it, it should definitely be obvious. Um, quickly, you know, like over the, if you're doing practice um, after a month, if you're doing regular meditation practice, it should be obvious and evident what the part of yourself that is effortless means. But otherwise, there's anything else that helps you just relax, something that makes you just soften, something that reminds you and is a yin approach or an inward approach that connects you to the peace that's inside. Anything that does that for you is a, um, a practice towards the naturalness of your being. There's, there's two switches. We can either be softening our nervous system or we can be hardening it. And the reason that both of those functions exist is because they're both important functions. We need to firm up. We need to get rigid. We need to be stressed and motivated and act towards change. That is a very valid and necessary function of our nervous system. But there's also a function of our system to soften and to reflect and to connect and to nourish ourselves and to repair. 
and the capacity to like your capacity to soften when you need to and harden when you need to is your capacity to regulate yourself these this most intimate process is probably these are probably the most important things most important tools any human being could be aware of and develop um i can't imagine anything is more important because this is the foundation for anything you want to master in your life whether it's spiritual practice that you're really interested in or any other um purpose in your life you need to have a a knowing of how you work and how to optimize your system you know we're just this machine this biological machine how do you work how can you align what you the results that you want with your actual capacities to get them how can you get them to work together there really are two parts of ourselves being pulled in, inside of our being and they need to meet the will needs to meet the power so the homework today is to get back into the podcast and listen to the three attitudes of meditation definitely listening to the presencing tool podcast will be really important and then also have a little reflection is it possible for you to commit to a daily meditation practice for the next 7 days can you commit to a 5 minute morning med- morning meditation I really recommend to use the guidance I listen to the podcast. I love it. So it's really nice to have some guidance there. You don't have to follow it perfectly, but just some guidance and reminders to soften and to relax and to direct the attention inward. Um with there's so much guidance with the conditioning to guide your mind outside of the meditation practice. So use some support to bring yourself back inward. And if possible, just take a minute here. Let's close our eyes. Let your attention turn back inward, the gaze into the inner space. And some full body breaths. Just inflate yourself out, maybe roll the shoulders back or move the head side to side. This moment is for you. and let your breath connect to the heart space just behind the sternum in the middle of the chest let your eyeballs soften and the thoughts sink downward into the chest area Notice the pauses between your breaths. And a background of stillness. and just a few breaths here where you soften your cheeks into a smile and you start to relax into this moment 
just three slower, fuller breaths. Even your joints and your skin and your muscles soften. Might even close with just a hand over the chest, feeling that intimacy and the depth of your being. You can linger here as long as you like. Thank you for joining today.